We thank you, Lord, for your great commission that you're giving each of us, Lord, to go forth, to spread the good word of God that can save souls. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us in your presence today, in the midst of your holy congregation. Lord, I thank you that you have a calling on each of our lives, and that calling is precious. We're called, Lord, to fix our eyes on the goal of the Lord Jesus and execute our calling to not throw it away, not cast it to the side, not be distracted or diverted, but to remember the mission, remember the purpose for which you saved this Lord, is to be a light in this dark world. Lord, to make sure we get to heaven and also to bring others to heaven with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I come against every work of Satan in Jesus' mighty name, in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Curse every work of darkness that will keep your people feeble, keep your people distracted. Lord, we curse those powers in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray that you give a hearing, Lord, an anointing on the ears and the hearing of the people, Lord, that the hearts of your people be open to receive your word. Thank you, Lord. Your truth, Lord, to bless your people, that we may go forth in the power of your Holy Spirit and do your perfect will. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in this moment. I like everyone who's here, those who are listening, those who listen. Look to the Lord, God. Say, Lord, if there's anything, see if there's anything, Lord, anything at all that may be standing between me and you. Lord, I need your help. I want that removed from my heart, from my life, from my mind, so that I can hear and I can go forth and do your perfect will. Let's take a few moments, come to God with humble confession in our own hearts. You talk to God, let's pray silently with a purpose. You're talking to the Heavenly Father, the Almighty God who's present in our midst. So speak sincerely to Him. And with faith that God will forgive you if you are wrong in His sight in anything that you've done, thought, or said. Get that out of the way through the precious blood of Jesus. Let's have a few moments of silence. You pray. Pray to the Lord.
We need to confess that perhaps we can go through a whole week and never even bother to stop and say, Father, this is wrong what I've done. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and I will take steps so that it doesn't happen again. Thank you, Lord. Oh God, we want to be a holy people. We want to be fit to be in your army, Jesus. That's something I have to say. That's something I have to say that, Lord, I was a little flirtatious with the world. I forgot my position and my calling in Christ and I was focused on things that took my attention away from you. Please forgive me. God will forgive if you are serious. To not believe is a sin. Doubt God is a sin. Perhaps we need to confess that. I didn't trust you all the way, Lord. I said things as if I trusted you, but in my heart there was an iffiness when it came to your word and you promised, Lord, forgive me, Lord. I want to be those who trust, like those who trust in you, Lord. Every word you say, I believe. Please forgive me. These are the type of things that can hinder us from hearing God and seeing things that God wants us to see. And we wonder, why can't I hear God? Why can't I see the way God wants me to see? Why can't I get going in this spiritual journey? I see maybe some progress, but it's not the way it should be, and I know it. And every week I'm forfeiting the gain that God wants to give me, that heaven wants to give me. It's because of these things. We need to remove them out of the way. We can only do that by confessing it. Repenting. Trusting God. Forgiveness. And another chance. Hallelujah. God is gracious. He said if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Our sin cleanses from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. Let no one hurry or eliminate this essential part of our walk with God. Honest, thorough confession. Because it's eliminated or because it's minimized, many, many Christians are walking around like little babies all over the place trying to evangelize, do things for God. Hardly any impact. We come to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. And Job, Lord, I put my hands on my mouth. What can I say, Lord? What can I say? You are right, not wrong. We get the forgiveness. And those who pray, God is forgiven. Hallelujah. Because He's true to His word. Amen. Do you believe God has forgiven you? What you confess to God this afternoon, God said, I will put it behind my back. 
to start over. Hallelujah. God has a word today to give us, to launch us forward into the deep for great catch. Amen. Souls, hallelujah, into God's kingdom. Praise God's holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in our lives, Lord. In this coming week, especially the rest of this year, in Jesus' holy name, thank you, praise you. Amen. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We come before you, Lord. Lord, when you came into the world, you were born as a young child. The wise men came from the east. They brought their gifts. They came with trembling. And they came with great joy. Because they were privileged to come into the presence of the Savior. They understood what we're seeing as a baby right now, our young child. But this is the King of the Jews. The Savior of the world as the shepherds found out. Lord, I thank you they were able to come to you no longer as an infant or a young child, but the living God-man, hallelujah, the God who went to Golgotha, the hill of the skull, and was punished for our sins. Lord, you paid the penalty with your blood, and you rose from the dead after you died after three days, Lord. And you rose again to justify the people that you died for. Thank you, Lord. Now you're seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, we have the privilege to come to you with our hearts, with our minds, with our bodies, with our offerings, our tithes. Oh, Lord, make me a sweet-smelling savor as an aroma that goes up to heaven. Oh, my God, thank you for purging this church, Lord, making us worthy to walk with you. Holiness, Lord, to be laborers that can go out to the fields that are white unto harvest. Claim souls for the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing, Lord. Tithes and offerings in our lives. We give you all the glory, praise, and honor in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's a statement that I read just yesterday that God gave. And I'd like you to hear it again. And we're going to see what the Lord is going to speak from that concerning our own lives. And this is the statement. Every action, you may be seated, God bless you. Every action, experience, and process in life, in the universe, and all of existence, has a thought and purpose that originates it, consummates it, and transcends it. Everything has a meaning and a purpose. Everything in the universe, everything in our lives, but without the revelation of God, his person, His nature, His will, His supernatural operations. Human beings live in a chaotic vacuum of meaninglessness and misery irrespective of anything that they have experienced or achieved. 
Every thought, every action of man is bound to turn up in emptiness, futility, frustration, sorrow, deception, and ultimately it leads to horror. This is the teaching of scripture. There's absolutely no framework, no reference point in all of existence for any human being, no matter where they come from in this world, to have any real meaning, any real satisfaction, any true joy, apart from the Almighty God and His revelation of knowledge, His wisdom, His grace and His truth. Isn't that true? There's absolutely no salvation in any other but in Jesus Christ, His Son, and His eternal sacrifice and regeneration of our hearts. Through His blood and through the Holy Spirit, according to the eternal plan and purpose of our everlasting Father God. This is exactly the misery of mankind. Jesus says, lift up your eyes. Not only to see your redemption come to you, but to see all the people who are going nowhere fast. In their own minds, they're trying to get some kind of grasp on meaning and joy, and they're empty. They're frustrated and they wear masks to cover their frustration, sorrow, bitterness, all these things that are just tearing them apart on the inside. They try relationships, they try buying new gadgets and toys, traveling, spending time with people. Nothing seems to satisfy because there's a vacuum that is always there that only Jesus, if He knocks on the door and you open that door, He comes in to have that intimate fellowship and He brings with you, and you know what? Peace. Joy, meaning, and purpose. But the world knows nothing about this. We were brought out of that situation. But do you know that great commission in Matthew 20 when the Lord said, I want you who? Every single believer. Every believer. He says, go out into all the world, wherever your feet will go, according to my plan. And make sure you tell people the good news. What's the good news? For many people it is, God loves you. God cares for you. I will pray for you. But they never tell them, Jesus died for you. Jesus will give you eternal life. And that life will change your quality of life on earth too. That's the gospel that He died on the cross. But you know what? When we're caught up in ourselves and our own agenda, the spiritual eyes or the heavenly eyes are closed. People can be born again and still be sleeping. How's that happen? Because their spiritual eyes are closed. And all they think about is how I can get by and how I can get some 
blessings from God and live a comfortable life. Now they know that's not the right thing to do. Yet they live like that and you know what they do? We can withhold that which can raise a person from death to life because of our own spiritual blindness. Somebody says, but wait, when you get born again, don't your eyes get opened? Yes. But then it can close. Because it's in our will and our heart to either be carnal or spiritual. In First Corinthians, Paul says this, Are you not yet carnal? He's talking to these newborn believers in Corinth. And he says, I can't give you more than milk. Because you are fighting. You have strife in your hearts. That's not spirituality. So they have chosen to live in another dimension, even though they were born again. When somebody is given the Great Commission, we need heavenly eyes. Those eyes are the only eyes that can really see into the world and be able to see multitudes of people who are not just having a bad day, but they're headed for an eternal hell. And we have the key to bring them out of their prison. We're able to actually see that. Much more than hearing a sermon or understanding what I read in the Bible that I know there's a great commission, I should be telling people. There's something that comes right up close that I can't afford to not pay attention here. This is what I'm here for. Heavenly eyes. The heavenly eyes that sees the problem of people not having God in their lives also means something else. Heavenly vision. We can have eyes open to see, my God, people are dying. But then I need a vision to go beyond understanding the problem. I need to know the plan of God. That God's plan is big. Our plans may be very small. Well, Lord, if I can bring one soul to you in 2021 before the year is through, I think I did a lot. I feel good. It is a big thing to bring even one person out of darkness into light by the Holy Spirit's power, by the gospel. But the Lord told Peter, not just when you have an empty basket, empty net. Peter, you go out into the deep and I'm going to make sure you get two today. Two really big fish. God's heart is big. His love is so wide. The Bible says in Timothy that he is willing or wills that all men should be saved. And when we get that vision, we can do like Peter, Lord, I'm available. I'm open and I'm going to trust you and go out into the deep. And when that catch came of all of those fish, that it was hard for Peter to haul in that catch, he recognized, this is God Almighty who gave me a word. And with the power of that word, I went forward and assumed 
supernatural thing happened, and it blew my mind. The God was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. We may think one soul, two souls. Lord, if I can get five people who didn't know Jesus Christ, they were Hindus. They worshiped idols. They were atheists. They didn't care about anything. They were Buddhist or Muslim or whatever. They didn't have the relationship with God. God, if I can get five of those people to come into the kingdom, what joy heaven would have. It's true. Even one sinner that repents, God says there's joy in heaven from the angels. But God's plan is this. He says, lift up your eyes and look out into the fields, which is the world. He says the harvest is ripe. You just have to go out and bring it in. The fish are there. Throw the net and you will have a catch. But I need heavenly eyes. I need the eyes to see there's a problem. If I'm not doing what God told me to do, which is to go and reproduce. Healthy sheep, you've heard, reproduce. And so I understand I'm here not just for me, but to go on with God's heart and love to tell people about Jesus. I need heavenly eyes to see the problem. The heavenly vision to see multitudes that are waiting. And they're waiting for you. They're waiting for me. At the gas station, in the supermarket, in your neighborhood, in your family gatherings. Do you know Jesus? I'm not religious. But do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Him? Do you know that He died on the cross for your sins? We can get all kinds of reactions. Our job is to go and give the gospel and people will get saved. You see, when the Lord said that the fields are ripe unto harvest, He wasn't saying, it's ready, but it's not going to happen. He said it with a definitive purpose. He said, it's ripe unto harvest, so you can go and bring the sheaves. You can go and bring those who come into God's kingdom. It'll happen. It's an imperative. It's an imperative. It cannot fail. God said, whoever goes out sowing the seed with tears shall come back with joy with the sheep, reaping the sheep. The spiritual eyes open to see the problem. The heavenly vision comes to show me that God has called me and you to go and get the harvest. But I need something else. Heavenly power. Heavenly power. The Lord told the disciples. They'd already seen massive crowds come to Jesus Christ. They have seen healing, miracle, demon possession, reverse. They even went out doing that under the commission and anointing of the Holy Spirit. But you know when God sent them out again after He was going to ascend, or when he's going to ascend. He said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem 
wait and tarry for the power from on high. We need eyes to open. We need a heavenly vision. We need power so that the words that we speak will be like an arrow that hits the bullseye every time. It has to bring conviction. And only the Holy Spirit can bring conviction by empowering the words that we speak going right into the heart of the people. We need heavenly power. We also need heavenly armor. I can have the eyes open to see the problem. I can have the heavenly vision to see the purpose and plan. I need the Holy Spirit for the heavenly power. And I need the heavenly armor. You know why? To be able to persevere in the battle. Because whenever you evangelize, it can be just dropping one line, telling someone Jesus loves you, because that's what the Holy Spirit is telling you to say. Not an elaborate presentation, but the Spirit of God is tugging at your heart, and you're walking by someone in the street, or you're at the checkout counter, maybe waiting to board a plane, and the Spirit of God nudges you, give that tract. Tell them Jesus loves you. Who knows what they're going through? Many people are very professional on the outside. It's their job. But they're dying on the inside. They have so many problems that Satan has just caused chaos in their lives and their families. You have a key that one word Spark faith in them. Somebody cares. And why would someone who's from another country waiting to board a plane, an international flight, or a domestic flight, tell me that Jesus loves me? I thought all religion is the same and you do whatever you feel like. But they care. That could lead them to investigate. Maybe even go to church that weekend. There's so many things that can happen if we get over this wicked inhibition of fear and fear of failure and what will the reaction be? We need the eyes to open to see there's a problem. The people that I see every day, if they don't have God, they won't get help. I can't afford not to be on God's mission every day, every day. People come to your home to do a repair. You have to be prepared because if you have your eyes open, you can see you're on the way to hell. That's true. It's either heaven or hell. There's no middle ground. Once the eyes are open, I have to side with God and say, God, give me a big heart. I want to see multitudes saved. You know why? Because the word says, the fields are white unto harvest. It's all right. God, you said the labors are few. I want to be one of those laborers. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. And I go with that vision. And then I say, Lord, but I need your power. I understand the problem. I can see. I'm not concerned with my coffee, my car, and my things to do today. I've got to get done. But you know what? The Spirit of God makes room. Where you're able to drop everything for a soul. Can you do that? Instead of the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, he was on his way to meeting as a president. 
and he stopped the carriage because of a little bird on the ground that was struggling. They said he stepped out of that carriage, his six foot whatever frame, bent down on his knees and picked up the little bird and nursed it, put it back on the nest. People care for animals, for pets. We should. God says, don't treat them cruelly, not cruelly. But souls, human souls that will either go to hell or heaven based upon whether they hear or not from you and me. To have a vision and say, God, I gotta pray. Lord, I gotta pray. I have to pray. Lord, would you make me an instrument that you can trust and rely upon and work through? That when I drop the word of the gospel, people's ears will perk up as the work of the Holy Spirit. That Lord, they'll be convicted. Charles Finney, great evangelist at the turn of the 19th century, he was a lawyer and he was fasting and praying, seeking God's will, even though he had a very lucrative career as an attorney, very brilliant person. But at the age of 29, he got born again. And he used to go into the woods in Connecticut or New York, I forget where. Just go into the woods. This brilliant lawyer, young, strong. He used to go and cry to God. He said, God, I need all that. Not for me, but so that people can come to you. God heard his cry to the point where a short time later, he walked into a factory with all of the unhygienic and really bad working conditions, you know, he didn't have labor unions back then. And he saw these people dirty, but he also perceived moral filth in some of the ladies. He knew it. The way they were looking at him. But God called him to walk into that factory setting. And he said, without uttering a word, they started weeping and they repented. That's power from on high. Why should he be different than us? Even Elijah is written in the book of James with a man just like us with similar passions. But you know what? He called upon God because his eyes were open. He got the heavenly vision. And then he asked for that heavenly power. And when he prayed, heaven moved on his behalf. We have to understand it's not as simple as go and tell somebody. You've heard Jesus said this, let's all go and give tracts everywhere. If we want fruit, we not only need heavenly eyes to open, be open, but we need a heavenly vision. We've got to have the heavenly power. God will give you power. Can you imagine this? Or can you think about this? How many people did you know that you've talked to? You have actually told them about God. For what? God can heal your marriage. Very, very critical. Very important. People need that. There are marriages we know breaking up all the time. Heartache. And for the children especially. So much problem. And you go and tell them, Jesus can heal your marriage. And you don't see any results. Or you see very minimal, invisible, faint kind of, I think, 
think I'll look into that. Thank you very much. But when you see that God says you're supposed to bring them in, you will go to God and say, Lord, every word I utter, if a person anointed by God can just come into a room or in a factory setting with total strangers who really don't like him, and the Holy Ghost comes and convicts their hearts and they repent and their lives become glorious, surely we can carry that kind of clothing, that spiritual power. Surely when we speak, God can be behind it and convict souls and save them. But we need to know, we need heavenly power. And it takes us to have faith and wait in God's presence. Too many people rush out into evangelism without the preparation. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to say, Lord, I've got to be a healthy sheep that reproduces. I've got to bring souls in Lord. One soul this year would be wonderful, would be marvelous, Lord. But expand my vision, Lord. I want more. You know what the Lord said in Psalm 2? The Lord Jesus reiterated that in the book of Revelation. He said, you ask me. The Father told the Son, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. Ask me. Jesus Christ took the words of the Father to show how we're one with God. It's amazing. In Revelation, He said, Ask of me, I will give you the healing for your inheritance. Ask Him. We have to go to God and ask Him. Ask Him for souls. God will give it. The fourth thing was the heavenly armor to help us to persevere but also protect us. Remember, Every time we want to give someone the gospel, we are facing all the powers of hell head on. That's the truth. If we are truly giving the gospel, and if we are truly sent by God and empowered by God, there's a spiritual battle. We see a person clothed a certain way certain kind of status. We see them with a certain demeanor. We see them belonging to a certain race. And we see ourselves in another person and simple dialogue. Hey, Jesus loves you. Do you know what else is happening to heavens? All of hell is by that person's side and has chains around their neck. That's the truth. They can be very pleasant, dress well, have money or no money, whatever. But while you're telling them Jesus loves you, spiritual eyes, heavenly eyes that God gives you, just chains around their neck. They're captives of Satan. When you go in the power of the Spirit and you tell them Jesus loves you, and you've been praying, Lord, Use me to bring souls to the kingdom. I don't want to see anyone perish, Lord. Just like you don't want to see anyone perish. Oh God, help me to have that vision. At that time, there's a battle going on. The Spirit of God rushes in to fight against hell. Just like in the book of Galatians. The Spirit is fighting against the flesh. And that person is caught in the throes of this Supernatural 
battle, spiritual battle. And you know, if you're if you've been praying before you go out into the world to give the word, and you pray while you're giving the message, while you're telling them the gospel, those chains can be broken right before your eyes when a person says, I'll come to church. And they might not even know why they said what they said. The Spirit of God is broken in that stubborn will. And they can come to church and get saved off. Right there, as it happened to me in college many years ago, I just walked across the campus with a person who was asking all about UFOs, aliens, and said, why should I believe in Christ? I think it's a very selfish religion to think that the whole universe is about us, that God came to us. What if there are life forms and other planets? How did this quagmire of confusion by Satan? And as I just crossed the campus and I kept telling them about God, we went into the department office to study for midterm, and I told them more about God's love and what He did on the cross. The Spirit of God broke the shadows. He started having tears in his eyes and he said, just last night I was going to kill somebody. I made up my mind I was going to murder somebody. They got me so angry. And you're telling me God loves me? He said, last night I said to God, if there is such a thing as God. If you're there, you're going to have to stop me from committing murder tomorrow. And he said, here you are today telling me God loves me. Mr. Sign asked we walked outside of the department office across from the college gym. He knelt down right there in front of all the students and gave his heart to the Lord. Got him a Bible and he started reading and covered and covered. Gloriously saved. But I had been praying and I kept a journal. Praying for souls and writing names in that book. God prepared me, opened my eyes to see this is what I'm here for. I'm not going to college just to get a degree. I'm there for souls. Started telling Jewish kids and different people, people got saved by God's grace, but there's a preparation where I said, Lord, take away everything that hinders me from being a right instrument in your hands. So many people rush into evangelism, they haven't checked their hearts. We've got to live right. If I'm going to take the righteousness of God that comes by faith, which is the gospel, I've got to be a righteous instrument. The message to flow through me unhindered, like a garden hole that has the kinks in it. The water cannot flow the way it's intended. I've got to say, Lord, clean me up, Lord. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and just look at people perishing. I want to go in. I want to bring souls to God. Open my eyes, give me the heavenly eyes. Give me the heavenly vision, the big vision of God. I've got to bring multitudes to you, Lord. Lord, I'm going to wait on you. Give me power. I've heard some things, Lord. Is it true? Can you use me like you did other people? We know God's not partial. But He does look for what? Surrendered heart. A lot of people evangelize without the surrender. And the devil's laughing. He says, you have no power. People can hear the word as Pastor was shared recently. They can hear the powerful, potent word of God. 
But if the Holy Spirit doesn't open the eyes, that powerful Word of God can go there and do what? Nothing. Somebody says, is that blasphemy? The potent Word of God? Doesn't the Bible say that His Word will not return void? The implication is, if the Word is going through the vessel, the vessel is surrendered to God, there's a clear flow and anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the job. But if not, God says, what right do you have, says the scriptures, to take my word in your mouth when your life is like this, in defiance against me? This is God's word. These are the type of things that we need to hear to get our souls right with God and then we can go in and bring the harvest. The heavenly armor, Ephesians chapter 6. Let's turn there for a moment. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. God wants everyone seated in the pews. Everyone, even the children, to bring souls to Him. And let me say one more thing before we read this section. You can say, hey, come to my church and get healed. Come to Jesus and He will heal your marriage. He'll bless your business. That's all good. But do you know, people get healed, people get healed, and they still go to hell. What a tragedy. They get the benefit, and they never make the commitment to receive Christ. God's strategy is, when I do something supernatural for them, reverse then divorce. Stop the abortion. Bring them out of chaos that they would see it was my hand that did it, no one else. And they would give their hearts to me. That's where you and I come in. When we're clothed with power from on high. When we have the heavenly eyes open, heavenly vision, heavenly power, and heavenly armor. We can know exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it, so that they know in no uncertain terms, I have got to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the only way they're going to get saved. Otherwise, we will be shabby, ineffective, quote-unquote evangelists. Saying, fish, bread, vegetables, whatever you want, God's got it. He's a big God. He's got everything for you. Come grab your piece of the pie. And go live happily ever after. That's the devil's kind of evangelizing. But God said, you go in and bring them into the kingdom. Tell them, Jesus died for you. He wants to save your soul. He wants your name to be written in the book of life. We'll go right to the quick. To tell them exactly what they need to do to get saved. We can bring in the harvest into the kingdom of God. Remember these four things. And remember the heavenly armor consists of a helmet called salvation. Where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am on my way to heaven. Imagine a soldier going into battle 
and he keeps feeling on top of his head to see whether he has a helmet. One moment he goes by the side of his head and he feels something stiff. And he thinks, I think I have it. And there's something else around his collar. And then the next moment as he's charging into battle, he touches the top of his scalp. I don't have it. I don't have the helmet. And the next moment he says, no, I think I have it. I don't have it. He's going to get slaughtered. We need to know that we are right with God to be His ambassadors, to be entrusted with the Great Commission, and to bring in the harvest. We need to know that we are walking in righteousness on our way to heaven. Only then will God empower us and use us and we will be effective. The armor of God. It says, finally, my brethren, don't be afraid. Don't think, I, God, you really want me to talk to this man that looks like he's seven foot five and gigantic and what if he gets upset at me? You're going in the power of the Almighty God. Remember David Goliath? It's a spiritual battle. God can open the eyes of that man and use him to get many other fish. God, this person, look at the car that this person is driving. Why, it's got to be $150,000. What do they think if little old me will go and say, Hey, Jesus loves you. And you need Jesus. Would you like to try Jesus? No, God says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We get a holy boldness to tell that person, no matter what you have, you don't have the main thing, which is Jesus Christ. You don't have eternal life. Let's go to the next verse. Put on the whole armor of God. You can have a courageous cadet, courageous person in boot camp basic training. And they're all fired up with zeal. And they think with two months of training, they can do a number of chin-ups, and they can climb walls and do backflips, and they know all about the weapons, and, and they're just waiting for that graduation day. Let me at him. I can't wait to come against the enemy. Put me out there somewhere. I'm going to get some people. No protection, no armor. God gives us these directives to show us exactly how it's done. We can have all the zeal in the world, but we've got to be equipped. And the heavenly armor is required so we can do what? Stand against all of the machinery, the artillery, the weaponry, the schemes, the soldiers from hell are ready to destroy us. We put on that armor, hell cannot prevail against us. Amen? We go in with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. We understand God has given us our march orders. Every day look for souls to bring into the kingdom. That's why I'm alive. Otherwise, the day you and I got saved, God could have just put us on that vehicle, the gospel train, take us right into heaven. He left us here for a purpose. Not to be asleep in the light, but to put on the armor of light to bring people plunder hell, bring people out of darkness. That's why we're lying. If we're not doing that, 
were disobedient to God and an embarrassment to heaven, truth be told. What soldier will stay at home playing checkers when there's a war going on? He's been trained, he's been given the equipment, the orders, but he says, Tuesday is a bad day for me to go fighting. I like to play checkers on Tuesday. We think that's absurd. What about the spiritual warfare? When people are going to hell. To liberate a country is one thing. But to liberate a soul from the dominion of the darkness in hell is the main thing. Put on the whole armor. And then you think about a person who has the helmet on, no breastplate, no shield, I can take them. After all, this is where it counts. If my brain and my head are protected and I'm safe. Again, you think, well, that doesn't make any sense for a soldier to go with partial equipment. But how many believers fail to sit in God's presence and say, Lord, now clothe me, God. I'm saved. Oh, there's no question about it. I know that I know that I know. The blood of Jesus has washed me clean. And I'm walking in fellowship with God because I'm obeying God's word. Salvation is secure. I have a standing. I can go into the battle with faith. Let's go to the next few verses. But there are other pieces that I need. The background and the backdrop, again, you must remember. You may think a notion, you know, I'm going to fill up my gas tank, the gas station, and here's an attendant, he may be Arabic, he may be Indian, he may be Spanish, he may be Caucasian, whatever it is. And you know what? The human eyes look and start to process some things. That's human nature. Does he look like a Christian? Does he look like he's going to buy this? Does he look like he's angry? I think today's not a good day for me to drop the track. That's when you know the devil's talking to you. If the Lord should give you that push to go and give the gospel, and all of these other factors come in to make you afraid, you know that's the devil. You have to overcome that and say, I can't afford to let this fish go because who's to say or what's not to say that they can die before tomorrow? I've shared this before in my job. There were people I've witnessed to over the years. When I used to work in a sector job, some of them died within one year, some of them within three years. And I got the news of the exact individuals that I spent hours with, and you think, well, it wasn't effective. Ultimately, it's their choice, but many others got saved. There will be people who will resist the gospel, but you know what? God says, the day that you gave them the gospel, that sealed their faith. Because they Refuse the love of God. When I put the burden in you, I opened your eyes to see the state of your souls. I gave you the heavenly vision to go and do what you're supposed to do. You waited on me and you pleaded for their souls. 
and you put on that heavenly armor, but they made their choice. Paul could not save everyone he preached to. A man who is so powerful, probably knowing even the Lord Jesus went to certain places and he could have done a mighty work, not many works. As we heard last week, woe to you, Corazon, Ben Satan, compare me. I've come right to this city. My arms wide open in love. You have spat at me and said, Get out of our town. I'm telling you, it's going to be more tolerable for Son of Gomorrah on the day that I will judge than for you. And he left. The rich young ruler, it says Jesus loved him. He came and he said, There's something missing. I know that money can't satisfy. I need this one other asset in my portfolio that this good rabbi seems to have. I want to go get that. All my life, I get what I want. And if this is also profitable, I'm going to get that too. And the Lord told him, You have to give up you to come to me. Are you ready? You walked away from each other's life. There will be those who God will show you. This is their last chance. But you, I will not require their blood in your hands because you did your job. But there are multitudes. Now there's another verse Jesus says in Matthew. He said, a few will be saved. A few. On the one hand, the Lord says, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. You have a lot of harvest ready. On the other hand, other hand, he says, broad is the way, wide is the gate, that leads to destruction and to seven. Many will go there. Straight is the pathway that leads to life. Jesus said, a few will go there. Make sure you're among the few. But in the understanding about evangelism, the world is several billion people strong, population-wise. What is a few out of Eight, nine, ten billion people. Two billion? Three billion? Can you imagine seeing two or three billion people on a television screen? I mean, this panoramic view from this huge camera. And you see a person close up, and the camera close back, you see five. Back, ten. Hundred, ten thousand, like in a stadium, a million people, like in a march, perhaps. Hundred million people, two or three billion. God says the labors are too few. Out of the few that Jesus said, I should say, out of the multitude that are going to hell, few will be saved, but the few can be a couple of billion people. So we can go with great confidence that there are billions to be saved. I can surely bring in a couple of hundred, thousand, maybe some millions. Why not? But God is looking for people who 
caught the heavenly vision. Before he catched that heavenly vision, God, you want me to be that person. I surrender myself, commit myself to make it my main business not to work so I can have money to put food in my belly, even though I need it. But I understand man does not live by bread only, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. God said to me, I want to see people coming to you. God will move you to see you need power. You begin to set aside the time, you and God. Doesn't have to be a group effort, it could be, but maybe you and God. God, I want my boss to be saved. What if I skip lunch for the sake of my boss? He doesn't like me, maybe. He's giving me a hard time. But God, I have to do everything that I'm supposed to do. I want to see him saved. That's what you call a commitment and love. The gospel comes out of a heart of love. It's not a mechanical thing. If I don't really love, I will not go the distance. I will go so far and then say, see him. I have stuff to do, things to do, people to see, and uh, why don't you chew on that for a while? But you know what Jesus said? Go the extra mile. We're just talking with a family that recently got saved during the night, and we heard to our heart's delight that this newly saved individual was so burdened for a friend who was going through terrible depression, didn't know God, that she sat in her car, even though she has work to do, and she started praying, new Christian, very new. And as she waited, she didn't hear anything from her friend about a, a phone call that's supposed to go to the friend to give her the gospel from someone else. She kept praying in her car. You know what she did? God brought to this newborn believer. I remember this story somewhere. Hannah gave Samuel to God. And she understood there's some price to pay. And she said, Lord, I'm waiting. The burden's getting stronger. I've got to see my friend get saved. I know if this phone call comes through, it's going to happen. And as she sat there, she said, she told the Lord God, Lord, that's what she said, next to my husband, next to my child, the third thing that I love in all the world is cake. That's what she said. I love cake. Grew up on cake. I must have cake. But because of the burden of God, she uttered from her car, where she's sitting for hours, Lord, if this phone call comes through for my friend, where she's going to get the gospel, the anointed word, I will give up cake for one And it turned out that the phone call came, and she heard that it was all over. The person got saved. And then she didn't get the message in time, she had already made the vow. So you can imagine the devil saying, if you just waited a little longer, you didn't have to make this vow, you could have had cake all month. But 
she understood the commitment to God. And you know what the message went to her as we were talking to her? God is building a character. We're not called to be wimpy Christians. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and places. What will you give up so that somebody can get born again? Will you, will you be able to stop on your way to work with the Holy Spirit? It's not an emotional, whimsical thing, but you know the Spirit of God wants you to minister to somebody. Will you stop? Will you say, God, my money is not the main thing, it's the souls. And the Lord said, Matthew 6.33, you seek God and His kingdom first. His righteousness. All the things you need, I'll take care of. How many times have I witnessed that in my life? And you also perhaps, any time we put our agenda on hold, and even stand to take a loss, and the world will say, you're foolish. You can evangelize after what you have to do. No, 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 no. That may be the very instant that the Holy Spirit is prepared for the person's salvation. And you step forward and say, Lord, I'll do it. It's not about me. It's about your kingdom. Next verse, please. These spiritual powers that are coming to snatch souls are to keep them in bondage. Therefore now, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand. Know this, when you become a soldier of Jesus Christ, you'll become public enemy number one for hell. He will unleash all that He has to stop you so you don't go and win any souls. He will give you pain. He will threaten you with loss. He will even tell you, I'm going to take your friends away. You're going to be lonely. You go and tell people Jesus loves them and He can heal them. He can heal their marriage. He can bless their business. But don't you tell them that offensive thing. What's that? He is the only way to heaven. And the way you get born again is through His blood that was shed on the cross for your sins. And you know, you may have taken that step to say the whole gospel, and still it's not getting through. And they keep coming back to you with more fish, please, more chips, more benefits. Can Jesus heal my friend? Can He give me money? Can He help me during the COVID time? And as a good, faithful soldier of Jesus, what do you do? Continue to tell them, your soul needs to be saved. Everything else will go. Why? You can come out of the hospital tomorrow. So can your loved one. Live a good life. End up in a bad hell. You've got to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. That's why He's doing these things for you. We don't want blood on our hands. We surely don't want to be people who tell people all the nice things God can do for them. And be happy and comfortable when we see what? Happy face. We want to see hearts that surrender to God. And often we can be the culprits to hinder people from surrendering their lives to the Lord because we will not say the whole truth. 
We don't have a passion for it. Our spiritual eyes are still closed. We don't have the heavenly vision. We certainly haven't carried God's presence to give power to make the word effective and piercing. And we haven't put the armor on. We're still doubtful about our own salvation, maybe. One day I feel like I'm saved, the next day not so much. And hey, Jesus can save you. The message will have no power. And I say, well, I know I'm born again, but no word. I don't know the words to give them. I haven't memorized the scriptures. Romans 3.23, 6.23, Romans 10, 9, 10, 8. All these scriptures that have to really open the eyes of their understanding to show them why Jesus is the salvation. How He saves. How simple it is to surrender when you know what's at stake. The sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. I have to know the Word. I can't go and say things without the Word. With the anointing of the Word and then that breastplate of what? Right living. Right standing with God. And then the feet shod with the readiness of the preparation of the gospel of peace to tell people you could have been the most horrendous sinner. But I'm telling you, in one moment Jesus can wipe away all of your sins. He can redeem you. I'm able to say that because I'm walking in the righteousness and I have the gospel ready to convey to me. That's called we have the shield of faith. Knowing that God is with me, I'm not going alone in this. It's very important to know that when you open your mouth and you tell someone about Jesus, just like all of hell is standing with them to try to stop them from becoming born again, all of heaven is behind you. All of heaven. Because you're carrying the message from heaven as a faithful messenger. And that's the confidence we have that whatever question comes up from the person, whatever hang-up they have about Christianity, whatever evil thing they saw in the church or in their family of people who profess to be Christians, the Spirit of God will give you the word of faith, give you faith to know that the weapons that I have are stronger than the weapons the devil is using to keep them captive. You can see every arrow points I still the faith. By believing, God is on your side. The whole arm of God, the belt of truth, to have that truth in the inward parts. Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? He that walks uprightly works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. Clear conscience. You know what? If you have these four things, if you have that heavenly eyes opened, then you received when you got born again. But it's open now. You have to have a vision. 
The heavenly power you waited for. The heavenly armor. And you've got the love that drives you to tell. And you have the zeal to go out no matter what. You have the perseverance to continue until the harvest is reaped. God will make you a soul winner even though some will not listen. Many will if you're anointed of God and you have these four qualities. Let's stand up and ask God having heard the word of God to God there's a problem and today you help me to see more clearly God there's a passion that I should be having to go and bring people to you Lord who are going to perish if I don't tell them you've put that responsibility on me You've given the great privilege to be your ambassador, my God, more than food, more than clothing, more than money, more than anything. You've called me to be your witness in life and through my words. God, this afternoon I understand. My vision may be very small, oh God, but through faith in what you've spoken, my vision is enlarged. I see the whole world ripe by the harvest. Send me God. Send me God. God, I learned today evangelism is not just buying tracts and giving out tracts and saying a word here and there. It's a preparation law to spend time in your presence, Lord, so that I can be transformed. Be able to say like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. These unclean lips have become cleansed. Hallelujah. Now I can go. Send me, Lord. With the revelation of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God. Know what each piece means. And make sure I got it. Go into the battle. Strong. Power of the Lord and His might. At the end of Ephesians 6 and 8, we see, Lord, I'm going to keep praying before I speak to people about you. During the conversation, I'll be binding the evil spirits that have the chains around the necks of the souls of the people I'm telling the word to. And after I'm done to follow up, Still with tears, that they would surrender completely to God, become born again. That the joy of bringing the sheaves into heaven. Anyone who wants to be a soul winner and not let 2021 pass by without souls coming to Jesus, if you believe in the Word of God, you know what it takes. Not before man, but before God. You want to be part of the harvest? You can come up here. We will commit ourselves to the Lord to bring souls to His kingdom. Hallelujah.
to be soul winners for God. To cry out to God and say, Lord, I've, I've been so caught up with the affairs of this world and the cares of life. I've forgotten, Lord, I'm grieving every day so that others can come to know you and breathe heaven's air. Oh, God, help me. Some of you have been giving the word. Some of you have been giving the word. If you can please have Jesse in the back so he doesn't pick up in the mic. Some of you have been hearing God's word and you have been feeling that compelling desire. Whoever's with Jesse, you're included in the group up here. God knows your heart. God will make him a soul winner too. Amen? Just like Samuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you have had the vision. Your eyes are open. You've had the vision. You did some evangelizing. But it's been a very small vision. Today, God says, I want to enlarge in your vision and use you to bring a multitude of souls into the kingdom, into the kingdom of heaven. How many of you want to be that person say amen? How many of you want to bring multitudes into heaven? You believe it? That you can? Yes. God is calling us to be such people. Those of you who are ready to commit a portion every day, a portion specifically dedicated for souls. To say, my God, oh God, I must have souls. Lord, if I can't get souls, you know what some person said, John Knox in Scotland, many years ago. This man of God, who has such an anointing on him that the queen trembled. She said, I'm afraid when this man prays. The queen was ruthless. She said, when that man prays or he preaches, I'm afraid. Like John the Baptist. You know what John now said? Give me Scotland or I die, God. Give me Scotland or I die. The massive revival God is looking for you and me to cry again. To cry out to the living God. Say, Lord, make my life worthwhile for the kingdom of heaven. Oh, you saved me, Lord, and I have a quality of life that I wouldn't trade for the world. I'm so thankful, God, I'm alive spiritually. Lord, my eyes are open. I know there's a problem. I know I have a commission from you. John, Lord, my vision is getting bigger. Hallelujah. But I know it takes sacrifice on my part. It's all sacrifice. I'm committed every day, beloved. It may be five minutes, depending upon your level of commitment, your integrity. It may be 15 minutes, specifically allowing you to pray for souls. And to pray that the Holy Spirit will clothe you in such power that when you speak to people, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, you will understand that you need to be armed and dangerous against all the powers of hell. You've got to know you're born again the other side of a doubt. Walk in righteousness. Speak the truth in your heart. Keep your conscience clear. Carry the sword 
of the Scriptures, the Word of God. Know the Scriptures, memorize Scriptures on salvation, and be ready to bring the good news of peace, reconciling the ministry of reconciliation, bringing souls to God. You may be called to save someone who is African American. You may be the person that God wants to use to save someone who's Filipino. Oh yes, to be born again. Never got born again. Knew about God. Felt God such. Been blessed by mercy, but do not have their names in the last book of life. Why? Never surrendered to the blood of Jesus. And to pray to Jesus Christ every day. They get to pray for their own loved ones too to get born again. You may be the first to speak to someone who's white, someone who's Indian, Arabic, all kinds of backgrounds and religions. Are you available? These questions in the presence of Almighty God, forget about me, think about what you will answer to Almighty God. I'm standing here representing God. Oh my Lord, are you available? Are you consecrated? Are you self-sacrificial? Are you armed? To go through the armor of God to sit on every piece of equipment I must have before going to the battle. To have this divine perspective is to go with the right weapons, skill of the Holy Spirit, hit the bullseye. Many will get saved. Hallelujah! Do you believe it? God used you to bring multitudes into heaven. What a thrill! And you know something else? Evangelism, spiritual evangelism, biblical evangelism can bring tremendous joy to our hearts and change the course of our whole day. Oh, we've experienced that, haven't we? We can feel like we're in heaven. God says He will water those who water. As you give the water of the word of life, the heavenly water will wash you also. Your bitterness will leave. The vengefulness will leave because all of a sudden you'll be breathing heaven's air. And you have the joy that you share God's word. And you'll see yourself as you should. A soldier of Jesus Christ. A citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me if you mean business with God. Heavenly Father, I don't want 2021 to pass by me, Lord, with all that you invested in my life, without seeing souls saved, Lord. Use me, Lord. Give me souls, or I'd rather be dead. Oh my God. Give me souls, Lord. Give me souls, Lord. People must go to heaven, Lord. I know you mean for me to live, not die, but declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. To declare your might and your fame 
like they have all together. Lord, use me. Lord, use me to speak to someone, Lord, before December 31st rolls around. To bring someone into the kingdom of heaven. Those that have more faith, you mean business. You want to live for Jesus and for Him only. Lord, give me not one, but two. I want two souls to come to God with God. Sometimes you will not know on this side of eternity. But when you go with your heavenly eyes open, with a heavenly vision from God, clothed with the heavenly power, having the heavenly armor, you can know that among the people that you give the word to, People are bound to get saved. You can know by faith. Your evangelism was effective. But you can also pray. Lord, I want to see it with my eyes. Why not? I want to see people get saved with my own eyes. Others of you who have more faith can say, Lord, give me not one, not two. I want double. Give me four souls, Lord. Oh God, give me four souls. Four souls among my relatives to surrender to Jesus Christ. Among my friends, Lord, among my colleagues, my neighbors, oh Jesus, make my efforts successful. Bring four people to you, Lord, through me. You can also pray going forward. Expand my vision, God. Oh, I want to stand before multitudes and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what I live for. The Lord said, always do the work of an evangelist. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father, my life is yours. Watch me, Lord. Make me a usable instrument. Gotta have souls, Lord. Come into your kingdom. Lord, everything you've spoken. I pray that it would not go in one ear on the other over my head. What the Holy Spirit has given, help me to digest it, Lord, and produce crops hundredfold. The harvest. If you're able, I'd like you to kneel in God's presence. Wherever you are, even hearing the message. If you really need it, if you really are burdened for souls. If you have the burden of God Almighty, say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a soul winner. You have commanded me to go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Lord, forgive me for failing to carry out the great commission. Forgive me for holding back the word of life. Forgive me for getting distracted, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I really want to see the way you see. Break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Jesus, I don't know when the last time was, Lord, that I cried 
over other people who are not saved their souls. Jesus, give me the spirit of compassion for people who don't know you. Help me to have that ability to cry in the presence of the Lord. That people will not go into a crisis eternity. Here, my Lord, send me. Oh God, sanctify me and send me. And I promise that I will devote a portion of my day, Lord, specifically for souls coming to your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, by faith. I know you have given me what I've asked you. Hallelujah. Because you said, Mark 11, 22 to 25, when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for making me a soul winner. And I'll be ready to see anywhere. I will follow you anywhere, everywhere. In Jesus' mighty name, so help me God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? We are expecting you to get up. Multitudes to come. In the valley of decision, multitudes that will come to Christ through each and every one of us. Not one. Not two. Not even four. Going forward the rest of our Christian life. Multitudes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't know what God can do. If you have a heart. You know what God can do? He may put you on the radio. Who knows? He may help you publish a magazine to reach multitudes. Who knows? He may have you speak to one person that may become the next great evangelist. You can have a heart. Don't be spiritually blind. Have your eyes open. Have a big vision from God. Wait on God for more power. More power. You can never ask God for enough power. More power. More love. More power. Yes. My family's got to get saved. Lord, I'm consecrated. I'm going to pay the price. I'm willing. They can come to you. Know the joy that I have, Lord. The new life. And I'm going to go in knowing this is a spiritual battle. I'm coming against the devil. And he will aim all of his artillery against me. But through the weapons, the armor of God, I can overcome him and have souls with great joy coming into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless them to come up. We're going to sing more love, more power. More love. Because it takes compassion. Whether you pray for someone stealing, whether you evangelize, it takes a real heart of compassion to put my business aside and be about the heavenly Father's business. Amen? It takes power. You can't just go with love and fight with the devil. You need power from the Holy Spirit. What we pray today, we're going to sing also. More love, more power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Until we march down. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 